0: I <laughs> made a mistake and crouched down when I shouldn't have and uh, she was behind me and she just took her opportunity and did a a full kill bite uh, thinking she had my throat so she was suffocating me but she happened to get my upper arm because I'd actually uh, was taking a photo and my ear went to my shoulder protected my neck and the angle she came in at she thought that's where my throat should be so i wouldn't be able to talk so much if that happened
1: (laughs) welcome to the enrichment project path to purpose recorded by the mad talent at solid gold podcast a series of unfiltered and insightful conversations with some of the most remarkable purpose-driven human beings who have all achieved, created, inspired, triumphed or challenged and we have a great deal to learn from them. It is a quest to uncover and articulate the steps along the way to help you on your own journey of purpose. I am your host Richard Wright and I am delighted to have you with me Thank you for the gift of your time. Let's dive straight in. I couldn't be more excited for today's conversation. Uh, We're going to be getting into some really wild stuff. So I'd like you to strap yourself in. We're going to be talking about falling off the back of a filming vehicle, breaking a back whilst filming a rare Black Panther. We're going to be talking about getting bedevaced airlifted from the Maasai Moro. We're gonna be talking about being mauled by a cheetah. All this and more is going to come. But my guest today in the studio is Shannon Wilde. She's a National Geographic photographer, BBC, Netflix, you name it. It's just gonna be the most wild story. Shannon, thank you so much for uh, being with me today. It's
0: an absolute pleasure. It's a little concerning hearing all of those things compressed together. <laughs> in one timeline
1: you, <laughs> oh, you should be concerned this is a, it's a wild story that's why i'm so excited of you know, being able to just chat to you because I, I only know snippets since i've been you know following your journey been extremely grateful to have met you once we're still going to do that book shannon yes but it's 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 anything but normal your story is anything but normal and it's amazing yeah. and and i think that's the part i'm so excited about is there's so much of purpose in it And, you know, we're talking path to purpose here and we're talking about what that is and how you got to where you are now. But I know that with any path to purpose, you know, the end part or where we start this chat and who you are now is not who you were many years ago. So can we get back to that moment of where it all started?
0: Yeah, of course. Uh, So, I mean, being in uh, an animal or wildlife related industry, I can trace back to as a kid, I was, I was definitely the kid that was running around chasing bugs and trying to catch lizards and, and all those things. So I feel like it's been there from the very beginning, that fascination back in Australia. So if you hadn't picked up on the, <laughs> on the accent, I am Australian. Yeah, I mean, a fascination with animals in general has just been a constant in my life. I don't feel like I learned it or got it from someone else in my family. It's just something that's always been there. And then as I've got older and become more aware of that, I then started to make conscious decisions to try to actively involve that into my life.
1: Okay, great. Um, So before we go any further, where are you right now?
0: South Africa now, so this is home. Uh, So I live near the Kruger National Park essentially. So it's the Northeast of South Africa.
1: Okay, in a little tiny little place called Hoot
0: That's correct. Yes. Right. Just outside okay. of Hood Sprite.
1: Right. And it's hot.
0: Yeah. I'm sweating. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and it's not um, from the
0: questions I, I, yet
1: <laughs> yeah not from the questions yet okay cool so so i i'm i'm probably sweating as well just because i'm it's the exhilaration of actually being able to chat to you oh, it's just such a privilege so okay so, so let's drill down to that first thing i think it was reptiles am i right 100%. in saying that the fascination yes. how, how did that happen
0: i i honestly don't know uh i do remember as a young kid being really fascinated by dinosaurs and so, of course, reptiles seems natural to be a pretty, yeah, a natural evolution of that's what I had access to. And I mean, they're incredibly fascinating. So I was never the kid that was scared of them. I was the, the kid chasing the lizards and the snakes and all the things. And I did grow up uh, on a farm in Australia for most of my childhood. So I did have access to that kind of thing. And then as I became a young adult, I started to have pets, like pet reptiles, and it kind of just went crazy from there, to be honest. <laughs> I became completely obsessed.
1: Obsessed.
0: Um, yes. <laughs> and your,
1: and your, your parents were supportive of the reptiles, were they in a bedroom or was uh, there a room for them?
0: They were not supportive. <laughs> My dad is a a traditional farmer type, so best snake is dead snake. But he did come around, so I I had uh, pet snakes. So I left pretty much at 18, so they weren't subjected to it in the house. I don't think I would have been allowed, to be honest. I don't think my (laughs) mom would have been able to sleep at night. Um, I did dabble in reptile uh, rescue as a young kid. I have a picture of when I'm... Maybe eight years old, and i 'd found an injured uh, blue tongue lizard, which is very common in backyards in australia okay. so I can definitely trace back to that, but being a very harmless lizard that was that was fine by the family <laughs> yeah
1: so so uh, my own experience <laughs> i 'm still that child who 's scared of the snakes that 's me, <laughs> and uh, my eldest daughter was going through a bit of a tough time at school a couple of years back, and uh, part of the incentive was I tell you what if you can. If you can manage doing this, we're ticking off days, then what would you like? What's the incentive? And she said, I want to be a dragon. I was like, okay, <laughs> because I'm nice. pretty sure that you're not going to be able to do this thing. You know, I was like, okay, I'm safe. It's not going to happen. <laughs> a bit dragon, dragons are
0: adorable.
1: So, oh, it's great. So we still have George and uh, we've had George for about four years now. And George is amazing. So that's oh, my that's, experience. But George stays so in the terrarium. Yep. They're amazing, yep. and he's like really yellow. It's, it's beautiful. Yes. So George, no, George is cool; he can stay. But snakes, I don't, I don't know. Okay, so so then, um, so eighteen, you moved out, lots of snakes, and then.
0: <laughs> so I became very involved in the herpetological community in Australia. So I was very active with you know people with like-minded interests. So at that time, I from eighteen, I was working as a graphic designer. So I'd always had a creative side that I wanted to explore and I growing up was not sure if I wanted to channel that into you know graphic design or do I want to go into say veterinary medicine or marine biology or something like that. Uh, And I went down the path of graphic design and I actually did that for quite a while, uh, nine years in the end and that progressed into uh, having my own business and uh, consulting as an art director. And then, so when I had that business, I bought a camera. It was specifically for, uh, you know, client related stuff. But of course I started taking pictures of my pets. So that's my lizards and snakes and, um, basically just taught myself how to use it. I mean, this is, we didn't have YouTube or Google yet. So (laughs) it was old school, lots of mistakes. Uh, learning that way lots of uh, books and magazines
1: and going to the library
0: and then I found that I actually enjoyed that a lot more than the graphic design so I started to consciously try to build a business out of that and uh, wean off graphic design but of course reptiles I don't know if that's something you could make an entire (laughs) career out of just photographing reptiles so I started a pet photography business and uh, ran that for seven years while I was in Australia, right up until I left to move to Africa. Um, yeah, so that I could actually turn that into my business and get to run around with dogs and cats all day. And
1: okay, So that that's a part of this journey I didn't know about, actually. Oh, right. Yeah,
0: wow. yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And then okay. outside of that, I would do uh, editorial and uh, commercial work, which was more sort of wildlife related or okay. the reptile stuff. So I'd shoot for reptile magazines and that kind of thing.
1: So always still coming back to the same thing.
0: Yeah. I mean, the wildlife is always the ultimate thread. passion for sure. Yeah. yeah.
1: Okay. So I like the concept of photographing my pets and now I'm going to start photographing other people's pets. <laughs> and that's, yeah, there's your living. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, and, I th- and I think that's part of this journey, uh, and this path to purpose, is helping people to understand that certain things that you're passionate about, you're obsessive about, and for you it's the snakes and the reptiles. And you, it, people, I think what stops some people is they don't think that they can earn an income in that thing, as you have said. I don't think anybody yeah. can earn an income in just that. So let's take what, what we love about that and kind of go somewhere different with that. Um, and yeah. I know there's a lot of that within your story, which is why I'm so so yes. so thrilled to have you. <laughs> You've made it this far, probably because the topic resonated with you. If you're wondering what the show is all about, listen to the trailer at the start of the season and find out how this show is going to help you along your own path to purpose. You've stumbled on a project that is all about purpose. Find out why the guests are all so vastly different, but yet all have so much in common. Hop on board this journey with me, follow the Enrichment Project so that you don't miss out on a single episode and share it with, well, everyone. We are all looking for more meaning in our lives. If the show speaks to your identity or the identity of your brand, consider sponsoring a season Let's make the circle bigger. Back to the episode and thanks for listening. Uh, So what, what next?
0: Definitely diversification was the key for me because it is so niche. So once I'd been shooting long enough and had paying customers long enough that I felt confident that I was in a position to teach others uh, and that was maybe seven years in I then started running uh, pet photography workshops and and animal related photography workshops so that was um, you know another way writing books uh, so specifically I have a pet photography how-to book and actually before that I published a book on reptiles so it's completely (laughs) unrelated to photography in any way but yeah my very first book so i just found constant ways of trying to generate little bits of income because as a freelancer it's incredibly difficult to have any sort of stability in in Mm. one thing So Mm. there's the driving factor of I want to be around animals, I want to work with animals and have that as my focus, but you know, also needing to support myself. And so how I can use my skills, so as a graphic designer and that kind of thing to, or knowledge, for example, like on the reptile side or the photography side, put that into a book and then something like that, you know, it just has sales here and there. So it's a a passive income that helps along the way. Yeah. yeah. And I've done a lot of that along the way.
1: I you have to. That's necessity, yeah. right? Yeah. Um necessity is the mother of all, in, all invention pretty much. Right. And um so personal life did you you know, married relationships have somebody with a shared purpose to shared interest at that time? Uh, no,
0: not at that time. So uh I was married before. He was in a completely different industry, so there was okay. no overlap in interest there at all he was very supportive, but it was not something that we could uh, share. Uh, whereas now I do have that and it's actually life-changing. So I'm extremely grateful for that.
1: I'm gonna step in here and just say, for, the, for those of you listening, um, we're going to have a follow-on to this chat and it's going to be with Shannon and Russ, who is Shannon's husband, and they share a passion together. Uh, so he's a videographer, and Shannon is the photographer, and that's another discussion and a conversation I can't wait to get into. Um, so that's what's coming next. Yeah. Okay, so so this was a relationship. It wasn't like that. It's quite hard, I think, when it's something you're so passionate and so obsessed about, actually. Yes, um, and, and as it that. was
0: building as well, I mean, uh, we'd been together for quite a long time, and I was just... Dabbling in and finding these passions and being able to actually turn it into a a business and a lifestyle, and so it was starting to take me away a lot. And of course, there were you know a myriad of other reasons, but they always are, yeah, (laughs) that is life. So that ended when I was uh 30.
1: So that looks like I have to, I just have to say this, and for those of you who are listening to this just on Audible, not the video version. Shannon looks 34 today, in fact, not even. Wow, that's Definitely like not. Oh, wow.
0: I don't feel like it.
1: No, no, you don't. I can't wait to get into that part too. Okay, so what, what was the trigger? What made you leave Australia?
0: Uh, so I was in a, a, quite a good place business-wise, so I was actually quite restless. Um, Sorry, my cat is in the let's background. Stop, I don't know if stop you can hear him. It's not the cat on the wall
1: behind you. It definitely doesn't sound like that one. <laughs> so <I'm> yeah. Angry.
0: <laughs> yeah, there he goes. He has some food. So, okay. um, <laughs> yeah, so getting to a point where it was pretty stable as stable as it can be for uh a freelancer freelancer. but the the pet photography business was going very well I had two other photographers on staff at this time so I could service other states in Australia and I was traveling all over positioned as the most expensive pet photographer in the country it was you know it had built up quite quite nicely so but uh like I said I was I was getting very restless. I wanted something else. I'd done that for seven years, which was amazing, but I was craving more of the wild stuff, which I was just doing in pieces. So I would, for example, go on like a conservation-related or a rehabilitation-related trip. So for example, the Cayman Islands, there's a, an endangered blue iguana there. I went to go and document that. And that's the kind of thing that was really getting me fired up and, and quite motivated. And I, I wanted to do more of that. But of course, I wasn't really sure how to transition into that. Um, okay. But I was very aware that I wanted to move overseas and take my photography to the next level. Um, Australia, I'd felt like I'd had really great connections there and I, I was doing good work but it was very contained and I wanted to expand my audience, expand my portfolio and really be working with wild animals uh, as a priority over.
1: So a very intentional, get to a T-junction yeah. one mean, way or the other yeah. way.
0: I'd felt that way for a while. So it was kind of on the back burner of my awareness in terms of you know opportunities. And I was really dabbling with the idea of, I want to move overseas, but i don't know where and I I mean I grew up on documentaries my whole life and knew at some point that I would certainly visit Africa but it's not it wasn't a conscious decision that I was thinking I was actually going to move there and live there so when I was thinking about moving it wasn't actually my first thought (laughs) I was thinking do I move to the US and base there? you know, what's going to make sense from a business uh, and networking perspective. Yeah, but I was open, very open to the idea. And as fate would have it, uh, I met my now husband prior to leaving Australia and he's South African. And so I was just in this place where I was just ready for a new adventure. So I I made some very (laughs) like rash last minute decisions sold everything i owned other than my camera gear and really on a whim just decided to move to africa without having been there
1: before <laughs> oh, wow I, yeah. I, I, I i dig that so much this is rad it, it's the sense of this is this is what gives me meaning and purpose and joy and happiness. And I'm just going to go with that. Yeah. And a huge yeah. risk. That is big. That's huge. That's huge.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. So and I'm generally, I don't feel like I'm generally that person. And, you know, from the outside, I'm sure that seems quite reckless, but so-
1: I know some more of your story. I know some of what's coming. <laughs> um, I'm going to say that you are that person when it means that much to you. It's just boom. Okay, here we go. I, I think you yeah, are that person. Yeah, I guess I Shannon. don't
0: see myself as that person. I
1: totally. You I feel go like
0: with... I'm super conservative, but I'm not.
1: <laughs> I think you follow your purpose. You follow your passions. If you ask me. <laughs> Can't wait to get to that. <laughs> Maybe Black it's all story. internal.
0: I just, I, think you so. know, I, I end think up so. doing it, but it's the battle going on in, in wow. my head.
1: <laughs> no, it's amazing, if you, especially if, uh, from the outside looking in. I mean, to me, it's just so obvious that yeah. that, is, that is what you what you're about, it's, it's, <laughs> and it's amazing. It really is incredible. Okay, so now we we are in Africa. So there's a lot here. I need. I want to get some of the juicy stuff sure. at the end. So so let's let's hit some fast forward here. Just a bit of what happened next.
0: Okay, so turned up to Africa didn't know anybody, was still getting to know Russ, yeah, <laughs> uh, my husband now, um, actually that's a whole other story. Uh, that was very quick, so he was my husband then as well. Basically we uh, met very quickly, fell in love, got married in Indonesia a week after we oh. met in person. <laughs> Went to Africa no and I never went back. <laughs> oh,
1: so, I just need to go back. I, I really don't see myself as that person who makes yeah. those like make decisions. I, I don't know where that comes I, from. I know. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. So, now, yeah, you can hear it coming back now, can't you? <laughs> yeah. Thank so goodness great.
0: That, that worked out. <laughs> yeah. Well, well it the did, and, and
1: and he is just he is just for those of you listening, I can tell you, I can vouch for him. He is He's just amazing. the most amazing man he is is. phenomenal his energy i love his energy he just got this chill yes
0: very very chilled but such a hard worker and so talented so talented
1: no amazing so so for me it's a a match made in heaven if that thing exists it's you yeah um okay so so um and then what i know is that the the work just flowed in because you already had a name out there and freelance is so great and no so
0: no (laughs) (laughs) so I mean, I I left an established career of 10 years in Australia and I turned up here and, of course, nobody, nobody knew who knew. I was, my work. I didn't have a body of African work yet that was relevant to this uh, industry. Uh, I went back to working for free again and that was for the first few years, actually. So there was a lot of, um, like having my power shut off and the little bit of food I could afford going off (laughs) in the fridge and trying to get to free jobs, but not knowing how I could get enough money to put petrol in the car to go to that job to do for free. It was, it was nuts. I mean, we were completely broke (laughs) and, um, you know, we were both really trying to establish ourselves at that time. So, you can imagine it's incredibly stressful because it's not like one person is freelance and one has a stable job.
1: We those were both
0: mean. freelance, both in the same industry, both really trying to establish and sure. both not working. <laughs> so, yeah, we did a lot, a lot of free work in those first few years.
1: I, I can relate. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's the freelancer life. Yeah,
1: same sure. as, as being a speaker. Yeah. I mean, you think you've got this great product. You know you do. You know you're good at what you do. Right. You, you know you've got a good story, but nobody knows you. And they're not going to take a risk on paying money for this guy they've never heard. So same thing. It was yeah. a lot of pro bono work, a lot of paying it forward. Uh, and it's it's a grind. It's a proper grind. It
0: really is. I mean, it, it, I did it to the point of complete exhaustion and, wow. and very much to the detriment of my health, which I still suffer from now because of that. uh oh, wow. yeah i got very sick i mean close to death sick i just overworked my body but also picked up a lot of parasites and bacteria and just things from the environment that i was working in a uh, lack of nutrition a lack of clean water i mean i i had holes being eaten in my stomach and <sighs> So I still have issues with the lining of my stomach. And I, I mean, I got to the point I couldn't keep food down. And, and where was this? Uh, that was in Botswana. And then I just kind of kept pushing and pushing and getting sick and all different things. And then I eventually collapsed in Kenya, in the Masai Mara, right at the beginning of a really important job. To the point I didn't even get to meet the rest of the crew who'd come all the way in from the U.S., Oh, no. And this particular project was them coming over to film me filming, oh. so it was like a documentary about me. <laughs> I, I I was oh. out for the count, so that was not ideal.
1: And so you you were on your own.
0: Yeah, so I was at this beautiful lodge in the Masai Mara. But the main section of the lodge, and then you have uh, you know where everyone gathers for food and reception you know kind of to meet and then of course all of the rooms are like spread out and peppered through the bush and this particular area is uh, there's a lion pride that kind of live in that area so it's it's the kind of situation where for example at night you you can't walk to your room without security with you no (laughs) But this was daytime. Um, I was so incredibly sick that I was, got there. And, I mean, that's obviously getting to Nairobi first and then it's a light aircraft and then it's a long, bumpy uh, ride to get into this wow. really remote area. So I'm already like, oh, my gosh, just, you know, trying to survive the trip to get there. So I'm in the room. Russ goes to lunch basically to meet the crew and, you know, strict instruction, just rest you know, don't do anything. And I also had, I mean, my body was breaking down. So I had a mouth full of ulcers. So I couldn't eat, I couldn't even talk, I couldn't articulate words, because I i have pieces of my tongue missing, because it was just, it's horrific. I mean, I couldn't breathe mess. without agony. It was horrible. I shouldn't, I mean, I should have been in hospital, of course. But, um, you know, it's like, oh, I have this responsibility. And, you know, finally, I have this job and that yeah. and you know? Anyway, so I am feeling terribly bad because this crew has come all the way over and I thought, okay, I just at least should meet them. I mean, I can't eat or anything, but I could go over and kind of like, hi. (laughs) And so I think it was maybe 200 meters walk from my room to the main area, something like that. And, you know, through the bush and I maybe got halfway and that was it for me. So I- was found, I don't know how long later. I mean, that was at the beginning of lunch. Everyone had their lunch, so it was maybe over an hour. And the manager was coming back through and found me face planted on the dirt and I had gravel embedded in my face. I'd been there so long. (laughs) And thankfully no lions had come through. They'd been through the day before, so that would not have been great. But yeah, and I so I was medevaced uh, to the capital, Nairobi, in hospital. And I just, you know, it was just all these things. And then, of course, I found out I had a heart condition as well, which I didn't know about but made a lot of sense. Um, So, yeah, I, without going into too much reckless detail, but I did check myself out of the hospital, go back, uh, finish some of the work, (laughs) do another job after that. and then got really even more sick. And then I was stuck in bed for six months. Yeah, back in South Africa and literally couldn't do anything. Actually got, I mean, I dropped so much weight. I was just- Stick figure, yeah. And my mum jumped on a plane uh, from Australia, came over and looked after me for the first month of my recovery, (sighs) which I essentially was just sleeping the whole time anyway, so
1: And and Shannon, at no point, at no point, through all of this struggle, this this real grind to try and earn an income and this passion this obsession, did you think you know what maybe this isn't me, maybe I need to find something more stable with the income maybe maybe this isn't it
0: <laughs> I mean of course it it flooded through the mind, but not not genuinely because I can't even picture myself not doing this. So it was very much, I just have to be so incredibly unhappy. And I would rather take the hard road and have the reward of that than take the easy version and know that I'm going to be unfulfilled. Um, At that time, I mean, the first three months, I I didn't even have any mental clarity. So I honestly didn't care (laughs) what happened. I just, there was nothing. Uh, But once I got that back, then it was very much trying to have my body catch up with my mind. I mean, I was ready to get back out there. And that was the slow process of the body kind of catching up. I mean, I was getting, you know, other people's immune, like globulin injected into, yeah. Like I'm sure you probably know all this stuff, like I had no immune system. Yeah. Yeah, I
1: so had to start from scratch. So, so I, I can completely relate to that. Go, so going through some some ultra endurance races like Ironman, like 24 hour races with brain cancer and the, bo- oh the body, no, the body, the body just done. I'm, not, I'm, I'm done. I, I haven't prepared yeah. for this. And the mind is like, no, you're not. <laughs> you know, you're, I, I'm not yeah. ready for that. It's, uh, hey, it's you, you need to catch up. Mm. You need to catch up. So I get that it is incredibly frustrating. Um, and, and I got angry. Yeah. I got so angry at my body for being so frail and for being so ridiculously useless and weak because my mind was just still so strong. Yeah, it's, it's a tough space to be in. Yeah. Okay, and then your first big break, was there a moment of Shannon Wilde?
0: Uh, well, <laughs> to be honest, it probably should have been that shoot in Kenya. Uh oh. But luckily, (laughs) because of course this this crew was coming over to make a documentary about me, but that did come later. They were gracious enough to uh, film Russ just by himself while he was there and we set up another shoot and that took a year before we could do that again and I was able to choose a different location, so I chose uh, Komodo Island. (laughs) So silver lining i got to go and film the largest uh lizard on the planet instead so I, that was, i've that was seen good.
1: i've seen those shots and they are they're yeah, wild they so wild. i'm on the
0: beach filming
1: it's so close it was that like, documentary right there on the beach yeah. yeah
0: for people that don't understand reptiles or reptile behavior it seems crazy but yeah. just like any animal they have body language that you can read you can read whether they're tense or relaxed or if they're going into like a hunting mode Each or Shannon starting mode. to get aggressive. So, yeah, I mean, wow. I, I've worked with reptiles almost my whole life now. So that's, that's my language. Yeah. Oh. And they were completely chill. Just curious.
1: So, so that shot, I'll never, i just embed in my memory, that shot of you like so close and taken from the side of you and, and, and the dragon, right? Um, who took that? Uh Russ. Russ, okay, that's no, an amazing shot.
0: That particular shot that you're talking about, I'm pretty sure. So Russ was filming and then there was a crew filming. Uh, so I'm pretty sure that angle, yeah, was, was Russ. Uh, any stills that I have was Russ, yeah.
1: Okay, so, so now I'm, I'm just going to, I'm going to put this in. If you're listening and you are not already following Shannon Wilde on Instagram, you've absolutely got to do that. It's the most gratifying <laughs> and the best way that you can support somebody who is so passionate Aww. about her stuff that she's prepared to put herself <laughs> through hell. And the least that we can do is actually just go and support. But it's not going to be support. It's going to be, it's going to be mind-blowing food for you. I think the thing that I so, – so just before I get – sidetracked it's shannon underscore wild um, double
0: underscore double actually. underscore okay so it's shannon Two. double
1: score Wild. Wow, thank you for that um instagram too
0: difficult
1: and the best part <laughs> the best part for me is that shannon you're not like some of the other wildlife photographers that just go for the big stuff so the black panthers and the leopards and the and the whatever else is you you also get into the little stuff and these little moments yeah. i think one of my favorite pictures is that um chameleon um, was it Avenue of the oh, Baobabs yes. or is it Madagascar? Where is that?
0: Yes, Madagascar. Yes. Oh my gosh, I was so happy to get that shot. Uh, so it's a giant Malagasy chameleon. So it's it's the biggest chameleon. So it's crossing the road, and while it's not the busiest road, there definitely are like donkeys and carts. There's four wheel drives with tourists coming through. So,
1: but it's a dirt yeah, road. It's a dirt
0: road. Uh, so it's between. Uh, some very sort of popular like uh national parks and that kind of thing, and it 's just this alley of massive baobab trees i mean it it literally looks like a dinosaur other world location it 's stunning, and so the fact that he was there i mean I was straight on the ground uh shooting stop, to try and get and that environmental exactly right.
1: and the lighting was amazing too it was, just, it was perfect yeah.
0: and and that's literally the one opportunity i wanted to because we were going through there to another location and i wanted to stop again on the way coming back to do some different time of day but uh actually when we came back it was about 3 a.m in the morning so it was pitch wow. black
1: so, <laughs> so per- that was a one-off perfect.
0: unfortunately but yeah he was adorable
1: a lot of what you do i think is one-off it really is yeah
0: they don't give you a second chance.
1: <laughs> no, they don't. And, and I think the other thing I really love about your work is your use of lighting. So I'm not a photographer. I'm not an expert by any means. I just really enjoy wildlife and I enjoy great photography. And and that's so much of what, what I think you managed to capture so well in your shots is the lighting and the colors. It's, it's to me, you. Yeah. I think you, you, you're spectacularly good at that.
0: Thank you so much. I mean, that... Is my style for sure. Uh, That's how I see the world. It's vibrant and, you know, lighting and and composition as well from my graphic design background. I feel like it's something that I subconsciously think about as I'm shooting. That's very much my natural style now.
1: I can totally understand that. And when you were mentioning the fact that the design work before, and in the back in my head, I'm like, wow, this is perfect. This is just, this is wild. Yeah. And isn't it so amazing that nothing that we do in a, in a previous lifetime or in, in the trajectory to get is, is ever wasted. We use exactly. every little bit of it. I think part of the lesson for me in your story, and it's so powerfully put across, is that um, be prepared to go and take little side trips and and explore here and experiment there and do this. And none of that is ever wasted. It's all working towards this thing. And I really do enjoy that.
0: And I I feel like it's important to mention that you know the journey yes if you're doing something you're passionate about and it's particularly niche or it's freelance then of course it's going to be tricky and hard Uh, but certainly from personal experience i had to diversify along the way to survive so as a photographer while i wanted to just photograph animals i photographed corporate industrial food everything you can imagine as jobs to survive along the way while i was building this up so there was never a point where i y- you don't want to say no to work that's going to teach you something that's going to help you get to the journey um, without you know thinking I- i'm too good to go and do that shoot because this is my path no that's part i every shot that i've done i've learned something that i can implement into what I do now so whether it seems off topic or not there's something you can pull from that it's, it's experience and
1: there's always something especially, only going to
0: benefit you in the future especially sure. when you're
1: open to that and I, I admire that
0: yeah yeah
1: so, so Shannon we're going to leave the first episode there I'm extremely excited to get into the next one We're going to be talking Black Panthers. We're going to be talking Cheetah Maulings. We're going to be talking Jewelry Rangers. (laughs) There's so much more. So (laughs) So make sure you catch us for the next one. Cheers for now.
0: Thank you so much for having me.
1: Thank you for staying right to the end of the episode and for joining me on The Enrichment Project. Before you go, please share this episode with your friends and your colleagues. They will thank you, I'm sure. Remember that you can catch each Path to Purpose episode by watching on YouTube or, if you prefer, on your favorite podcast app. The link to my book, The Power of Purpose, is in the show notes. Please go and check it out. It's a rad account of my own story of purpose and resilience and my fight against brain cancer. I finished six full Ironman events, a number of multi-stage mountain bike races, nine Ironman 70.3 races including the Ironman World Championships and a bunch of other endurance events all with stage 4 brain cancer because I wanted it that badly and getting to the finish line meant that much to me. As a professional inspirational speaker, business and life coach, author and storyteller I'd love to add more value to you or your organization. Please find more details on my website, IamRichardWright.com and book me today for a live or virtual keynote, a masterclass, workshop or coaching session or please follow my journey on Facebook, IamRichardWright, Twitter, TheWrightRich, Instagram, IamRichardWright or on LinkedIn. I'd love the opportunity to enrich your team. Thank you to the professional crew at Solid Gold Podcasts for the support, the talent and the mad skills. And to Anna Hick for her creativity and genius video magic. Thank you, you all rock.